Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. If you want to learn more about money, it's about taking those baby steps and then not crucifying yourself when you don't get it. You weren't meant to get it. You didn't learn this language when you were growing up. It's the first time you're learning it. And how many times when you're learning a language do you need to be reminded of what the word hello means? From Mamma Mia, hello and welcome to Things You Didn't Learn in School. I'm M. Vernon, writer, podcaster and audience development lead here at Mamma Mia and guilty of always having my period on swimming carnival days. Oh, I miss baffling male <laughs> teachers for that one. Sorry, can't do anything, sir. I'm Beck Melrose, comedian, writer and winner of the longest drive at my high school's golf day. Yeah. <laughs> How often do you play? Never, this is my first time. Hey, we should play in the Waterbury Open tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, all right. I'll see you guys there. <laughs> You've lived like five different lives <laughs> in school. My dad used to call me Kari Webb. Anyway, my <laughs> so life. funny. That was so unexpected. <laughs> Things You Didn't Learn in School is a show that helps you realise that somehow we all graduate school without the basic life skills we actually need. Things like, should I buy or rent? How do I invest my money? How can I tell if I'm good at golf? <laughs> well, I've got the answer to that. We've rounded up experts on everything from finance to fallopian tubes in a cute little curriculum just for you. Today on the show, we're talking about girl math, good debt, bad debt, and how the fuck do I get out of it? <laughs> so many of us are juggling study debt, credit cards, and just trying to afford being a person right now. I don't know about you, Em, but sometimes I have the audacity to spend on something that's not getting out of debt. So do you have a financial guilty pledge? Oh, my God. I think a lot of people can relate to mine, but Uber Eats is yeah. something that I've just been ignoring for my whole life, especially during covid I do so much mental gymnastics to justify it too. I spend so much on Uber Eats. I hate cooking. I feel okay about mine because I used to use Deliveroo before they went away. So mine doesn't seem as big as I think it really would be. <laughs> because you've split it across yeah. multiple accounts. That is girl math. I'm splitting my debt. <laughs> yeah, they always tell you to bucket it, don't they? But I recently calculated how much I've spent on Uber Eats. How did you do it? I feel like everyone will want to know how to do this because yeah. I find it very entertaining. So open your Uber app, not the Uber Eats app, your Uber app. We're going full Brene Brown here. This is so <laughs> vulnerable for me. Okay. Okay. At the bottom, press account, mm -hmm. then press settings, and then select privacy, mm -hmm. and then select privacy center. Yes. Get ready for it. And then press see summary. Oh, so it will tell you like how many times you've <sighs> taken trips plus how many times you've ordered Uber Eats. And then what I did was I times that number by like the average price of my Uber Eats order. Okay, hang on. Here we go. I'm going to actually underestimate a little bit. I don't think you should. 
Oh, oh my God. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, well, let me guess. Oh, okay. okay. 5,500. Higher. 10,000. Higher. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is so bad. This is like. 12,000? Higher. 15,000? Higher. <laughs> Higher. 20? Higher? No, surely not. Yeah. 30? Lower. Oh, thank God. $26,070 on Uber Eats. Oh, I don't want to think about it. Okay, no, I hate think about this. It. You know, pleasure over pain. We'd also love it if you could DM us what your Uber Eats oh, prizes please. are. Oh, please. Can anyone beat me? I will feel so good. No judgment. No judgment. We're all in this together and this is all about awareness. You can DM us on Instagram at Beck Melrose or at Emily Vernon. Great. Well, I feel awful. So let's just get on with things. To help us out today, we've got Victoria Devine, an award-winning financial advisor and podcast host of She's on the Money. Thank you so much for coming back, Victoria. We are still full of questions for you. Today, we wanted to talk to you a little bit more about debt. Can you tell us some of the big reasons that especially young people are getting into debt? So first things first with debt, nobody gets into it on purpose, right? Like I do not know one person who has gone and got a credit card and said, do you know what? I cannot wait for this to get out of control. Can't <laughs> wait for this to ruin my life. No one says that. So most people are getting into debt accidentally, but they're getting into debt because ultimately they're just spending more than they are earning. $430,000 in one month. Good morning. Their business expenses were live. Business expenses? Yes. Jordy, look what you got here. What? Look at this. $26,000 for one dinner. Often it's because they don't have a good grip on what they are spending to begin with before they take out a line of credit. But the biggest thing is just honestly, life is expensive and I understand exactly how you spend more than you earn, but we need to be really aware of it. Obviously, right now we should acknowledge that sometimes debt is really necessary. Like, let's be honest, you're a single mum, you're on 50 grand a year, your kid is going to school for the first year and you're like, how am I going to afford their uniforms, their brand new school shoes and far out they also need a sports uniform. Sometimes you are going to rely on debt because you just know you don't have the money and I think we need to go, that's actually okay, you're doing the best thing that you can at this point in time for the circumstances that you have. But even when we make a decision like that, I think the important thing is to go, you know what, I understand it, but I also have a plan for it. So if we are going to go into debt because it's necessary, we really need to make sure that we also have a plan to get out of it or to slowly chip away at it instead of burying our heads further in the sand because that just makes it worse. I need that money. I missed the part where that's my problem. Speaking of credit cards, I think... I don't have a credit card because I've just historically been terrified of going into debt because I don't think I could control it. I think that there are certain reasons, and correct me if I'm wrong, that having a credit card could benefit me. Is that right? Yes. I really love the level of introspection that you have. It's actually exactly how I operate. We have done a number of She's on the Money podcast episodes on credit cards and the benefits of them because like they're heaps, right? Like the marketing people at credit card companies are so good at what they do. Like 150,000 bonus points if I sign up. Oh my gosh, what do you mean that's a one-way trip to New York? I am in. Like they're so good at it. Yeah, guilty. I've done that so many times. Exactly. But I know myself well enough to know that I am tap happy. Like I know that if I've got a credit card, it's probably going to get a bit out of control. So I'm the type of person that shies away from them. 
But you know what? There are so many people I know who are so good at it. And I've used the example before. I have a team member called Brooke, right? Brooke is a legend at a credit card. Holy moly. Like how is she so good at it? Like she has this whole spreadsheet for like cycling through credit cards. So she signs up. She gets $150,000 bonus point. She meets the spending criteria with her normal every single day spending. She then knows to get rid of the credit card and then she works out through their terms and conditions when she can re-sign up with that same bonus again. What a genius, right? So Brooke does all of this and I have worked out with her because I was like, how many flights have you taken this year? Because she flies all the time. Like she is the biggest travel content creator. She flies business everywhere and hasn't paid a cent for it because she's such a little flight hacker. I wish I could do that. I've tried to do that, but my self-awareness thing is I am never going to remember. It's like when you sign up for a recurring service. I'm not going to remember. That's that's being Mm -hmm. taken out of my account for the rest of my life. I forget about it. So I tried that once and that was part of me getting into debt, which we talked a little bit about last time. But we need to be aware of that, right? Totally. Before we talk about the benefits of credit cards, which you know what, there are a heap. Obviously, like you can get points, you can use it as a cash flow tool. So some people in my community use it because they just want to pay off their credit card once at the end of the month and they put all of their spending on that and then they're making points for their everyday purchases and that's quite intelligent, right? Especially if you pick the right credit card that has really low or no fees and you're making essentially points for everyday spending that you were already going to do. As I said before, I can't be trusted with that. But there are a lot of people who are responsible. There are a lot of people who love the fact that you often get default insurances for travel through your travel credit cards. You might get access to different launches of things. Like there's so many credit card benefits that exist. But what we have to weigh those benefits up with is what is the true cost of those benefits? Because as much as $150,000 as a sign-up bonus sounds really sexy right now, Am I going to spend beyond my means to get to the minimum spending amount? Am I going to maybe spend more than I should? Statistics tell us that people who spend on credit cards automatically spend 22% more than if somebody was spending on a debit card. And that's just because of this mentality of a deferred payment. We go, oh, it's not so bad. Nah, I'll just deal with it later. That's a problem for future Homer. Man, I don't envy that guy. Whereas often if it's just coming out of our debit account or, you know, we're spending it in cash, we go, oh, like that's an instant hit, right? So this idea of money being even further away from us means that we spend more and we just have to be aware of it. There are going to be people listening to this who are like, I'm a wizard at credit cards, V. I'm exactly like Brooke. And I'll go, that's so good for you. But we need to know ourselves before we make a decision like that. And I know my own behavior and it's absolutely not Brooke. The mental load is All of us at this table, we can't be trusted. No no. No way. Okay, good to know. And I'm never getting to New York. It's not just credit cards that push us into debt though. I feel like for me, FOMO, wanting to go away, I'm seeing a lot of people traveling and doing all this cool stuff. That kind of pushes us to overspend. But I don't want to give up everything. How do you strike a balance between enjoying your life and still being financially responsible? Yeah, I'm not the finance expert that's going to come on here and go, all right, Becca and M, it's time to not drink any coffee because if you don't drink coffee every day at work, you're going to save $1,400 a year. And over that period of time, you know, in 10 years, you'd still not have enough to buy a house in Sydney. I don't have enough money to buy a house and I don't get coffee. Yeah, exactly. 
honestly, terrible, terrible <laughs> deal. Like I'm not signing up to that either. So I think it's important to understand, well, what are your priorities? We can have everything. We just can't have it all at once. And I think we need to sit down, kind of put some blinkers on and go, well, what are your values? Right now, if your values are traveling, but your friends are saving for their first home, like you might get your wires a bit crossed because you might put this expectation on yourself that you also need to be saving for a house. So you're trying to do everything, but then ultimately you're not going to achieve your goals by doing that because your goals are different to somebody else's. And while they might be completely different, they're equally as valid. So we really need to be across, well, you know, I don't want to compromise my lifestyle. Like that's the entirety of She's on the Money, right? Like I, before She's on the Money, could not find content that talked about the fact that I still want to have a life. Like people would talk about these extremes of, you know, saving every dollar they earn so that they can retire early. And I would be like, for what? So I can spend the next 15 or 20 years not enjoying life so I can enjoy it later? Yeah, no, I'm not saving everything now to sit around at the end of my life rich in a puff of my own legume fart or whatever because that's all I've eaten for 90 years. No. Exactly. I feel like I've got to enjoy life now, full of life. Exactly. And, like, it doesn't mean that we have to spend millions to do that, but, like, I grew up in a family where my dad used to always say, Victoria, it's not just about the destination, it's also about the journey. If you're not enjoying the journey, the destination isn't going to feel like an achievement. Oh, I love so, that. Yes. I think that that for me has always played really well into, you know, the life I've tried to create. And obviously, if we lean too hard into, it's about the journey, we just go a bit too YOLO and we end up getting ourselves in a pickle that future us is not going to be that grateful for. But I think we need to go, all right, well, what does the journey look like? Obviously, if your friends are going out and you have FOMO, we need to talk about that. Why do you have FOMO? Do we actually need to set some different expectations with our friends? Because this is happening all the time. Like I was saying to one of my girlfriends the other day who's trying to save for a house and like we have very different budgets. I turned around and was like, oh, well, why don't we just grab a coffee, my shout on the coffee, and we'll just go for a walk instead of brunch. I visibly saw her body relax when I suggested that. And I felt awful because I was the one that was like, oh, my God, we'll grab brunch, we'll do this, we'll do that. And then I ran into her down the street when I was meant to get like brunch with her that weekend and she was like oh I'm just so stressed about money and I was like well why are we going out for brunch like why are we doing that and she's like I really want to catch up like it's been so long like we actually need to sit down instead of just in the supermarket while we're talking about mandarins like (laughs) we actually need to sit down and have a chat and I was like well why don't we just get coffee and go for a walk like I want to see you not necessarily go out for brunch so let's have a think about why we have FOMO is it because you want to see that person Or is it because you're like, far out? Oh, I love the Eggs Benny at that particular cafe. Those two things are very different. But if that Eggs Benny is going to be $26 and it's going to put financial stress on you, are you actually going to enjoy it all that much? I was that person for so long. My friends like accelerated ahead of me financially so, so much. And for years we were going out to nice restaurants and I was always the entree for a main girl. Okay, I will have the uh, side salad. And what would that be on the side of? I don't know. Why don't you just put it right here next to my water? 
nothing about that is embarrassing. In fact, I'm so proud of you for sticking to your values and your budget because do you know how many people would have gone to that dinner and just tapped a credit card because they're like, I cannot have this conversation with my friends. I'm actually just going to order what they order. If they order an expensive bottle of wine, guess I'm sharing in that too. And they don't just go, oh, you know what? I'm going to come out for dinner and have an entree. There is something so damn sexy about someone going, I still want to see you. I still want to go out. I'm just going to order something else. Okay, now I feel good. <laughs> That's yeah, a cool thing. You should, like, yeah. change the narrative around the way that we manage money. You put your values first. Isn't that what we want all women to do? Yeah. And then you get a $2 cheeseburger on the way home because you're still hungry. Oh, gosh, yeah. And that's great. Or you had one on the way so that you weren't too <laughs> tempted by the bigger meals. Like, we've all been there. Yeah. I just stand in front of my fridge and eat <laughs> yeah. while I'm dressed, ready I've to go. Bookended a meal with cheeseburgers. Told <laughs> of you to buy a cheeseburger. I'm eating toast at home before I leave. Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move, and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. I also want to know the difference between good debt and bad debt. Is there a such thing as good debt? Yes. Yes, I actually have. Uh, like I've just made it up as time goes on. I've just decided I don't like other people's theories. So I'm like making up my own. So bear oh, with I me. love that. I think that there are three types of debt. So there's good debt, there's bad debt, and then there's okay debt. So I think having those differentiations makes it a bit easier, especially when it comes to talking about bad versus okay debt, because I think we put too much pressure on ourselves. So good debt is any type of debt that is helping you create wealth. So from my perspective, a mortgage could be a good debt. It could be an investment loan. It could be something that you've invested in yourself to get further down the line in your career or your job. So for me, it's things that help you create wealth. Bad debt are things that do not help you create wealth in any way, shape or form. So it could be a credit card debt. It could be, you know, a personal loan that you took out because at the end of the day, once we've paid it off, we're not in a better financial position. So it might be you going, oh, but they, I used my credit card to study overseas. Well, maybe we redifferentiate what that debt actually looks like. Yes, you used a credit card, like there's a little bit of animosity around whether that's good or bad, but you actually used it to buy textbooks. Right. That's an investment. University. Like that's an investment. Yeah, you're, like we need to pay it off. Like we need to get there. But I don't want people to crucify themselves. And then we have what I call okay debt. So okay debt is to me hex. So your hex or help loan. And I say it's okay debt because I'm a bit morbid with it, but it's the one debt that dies with you. So it doesn't come out of your estate, like it's not going to come out of any of your assets. Nobody else in your family is going to have to pay it off. It doesn't accrue any interest. Yes, it has indexation every year at the rate of inflation, but that's going to depend on what the inflation rate looks like. It's not going to change if inflation was at zero, but it will change like it did this year, 7.1%. It felt like a kick in the guts. Oh, yeah. Mine increased and I nearly cried. <laughs> I did cry. I was yeah. so pissed off. 
it really sucks. I've not opened it for years. Like all of mine are in envelopes in a cabinet because I just didn't want to deal with it. And everyone's been talking about how much it went up. I do not want to look. Don't even look. It's fine. I'm going to allow you to put your head in the sand over that one because that's <laughs> yeah. an okay day. Yeah, good. And the reason we say that's okay is obviously it doesn't accrue interest. If you don't earn a lot of money, there's actually no obligation to pay it back. So there's a cap that if you're under a marginal tax threshold, you don't have to pay it back until you can afford it. And I think that is honestly, in comparison to the American schooling and like debt system, we are so lucky to have that. It's actually okay if you're not planning on prioritizing that. Like it's not a good debt because it is quite significant. It obviously impacts your cash flow, but I think it's really important to categorize them differently because people freak out about their hex and help debts. They go, I need to smash it down. I need to get rid of it. And I'm like, why though? Yeah, I guess there's other things you've got to invest in in your life as well. Are there any financial services we should be wary of? Like the buy now, pay later services, payday lending, Yep, all of those. Buy now, pay later services. They're worse to me than credit cards. Oh, really? Why? Not because of the interest rate, because of our mentality around them. It feels invisible, like invisible money. It's invisible. Yeah, it's girl math. Absolutely. It's girl math. I got a Starbucks today that was $4.90. Anything under $5 feels like it's pretty much free. Girl math. Returned something at Zara for $50. Bought something else that was $100. It only cost me $50. Girl math. We are smarter than this. We aren't in a world right now where we can actively make fun of women not being good at money and have people see that as not a stereotype. Like we exist in a world where girl math makes us look silly and that's why people find it funny because ha ha ha, women suck at money so that's a funny joke. They lean a lot harder into instant gratification because you enable things by going, oh, Actually, that dress that I want to wear on the weekend, it's 300 bucks, but it's 50 bucks now. Okay, well, it's 50 bucks now. I don't mind. Like, I'll deal with the rest of it later. No worries. But if I'd asked you to shell out 200 bucks today, you'd be like, V, it's not worth it. So we're costing ourselves money that we otherwise wouldn't have spent by giving ourselves permission in a way through a system that lulls us into a false sense of security from my perspective. So much of what you've said is about trying to build this awareness. Do you think our bad financial habits come from our parents, our families, and how do we break them? Sorry, mum, but yes. Like <laughs> yeah. So our financial habits come from what I call a money story. And your money story is the way you think, feel, act, behave, and believe money. If you grew up in a circumstance where money was in abundance, You wouldn't have had any trouble being like, hey, mom, school camp's coming up. Here's the forms. Whereas if you grew up and money was not something that was in abundance, those camp forms might have stayed in the bottom of your backpack for a while because you just feel a little bit awkward about asking mom and you just know that that's going to put pressure on the family. And you see kids at seven years old doing this because they fully comprehend how money works. And that's why it's so important to understand what your money values are but also what your money beliefs are because sometimes they work in opposite. So like your money values might be if I sat you down and said, all right, and let's go. What do you want to achieve? You're like, I want to be wealthy. I want to travel the world. I want to have a big investment portfolio. Like I want to do all this cool stuff. But then on the flip side, I might go, well, what do you believe about money? And you go, money's evil. Actually, money's just the bane of my existence. It is really stressful. If you have money, you should just keep it in a savings account because investing is really risky. And if you invest, you'll lose it all because my uncle Gary lost all of his money in the 2008 <laughs> GFC. So that's the worst idea ever. So close to home. <laughs> 
The same is true if you grew up in a frugal family and maybe you have a low income now, you might go, well, this is the reality of my circumstance. I come from a family of low income earners. I'm not worthy of earning more. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. And you just tell yourself that you'll never not be in that circumstance. So you don't get yourself out of that circumstance. So we really need to change this narrative around money, beliefs, and values so we understand them. Is there any other resources you could share with us, especially with regards to learning more about debt or anything like that that we can go away and read? I'm so biased, guys. Like I've written three books now. Perfect. (laughs) I have a podcast where we drop three episodes a week. So I obviously would check those out. But my favorite website is moneysmart.gov.au where they just have so many free resources like downloadable budgets, downloadable investing charts, downloadable everything. You are awesome. Thank you so much for coming and joining us again. This is a brilliant place for us to start and become girlies of Wall Street. Yes, yes, I love it. Let's go. (laughs) Curly's of Wall Street. It's time for Extra Credit Now, where we make sure you leave class with all the important information that you need for the exam that is your entire life. Not an easy task Uh this week with debt, (laughs) right? I think my reflection is that I've changed my mind a little bit on how shocked I was about Uber Eats after listening to Victoria. Because the way she talked about values and the things that you need to do to keep your life moving, I don't have a lot of time because I am out working so much. And so I guess for me, I see it as a bit of a necessary cost or an investment in a way. Can you call spring rolls an investment? Yes, 100%. They are now. You're investing in your gut health. Absolutely. Absolutely. And my happiness. So I am more comfortable with it. It's still an outrageous number. Yeah. An outrageous number. But... I see it as part of what I need to do to live my life the way I live my life. This is what happens when you're city girls. There's just so many options. I know. We're urban girls. What do you want us to do? And not to feel ashamed or embarrassed because there's so many people have been in debt and it's exactly what she says. Being in debt just means that you're spending more than you're actually earning. That's literally all it is. If you want to start your own learning journey like we are, you can go to the resources that Victoria pushed. We're going to put those in the show notes. But she mentioned moneysmart.gov.au for a budget planner. That's it for things you didn't learn in school this week. Make sure you listen and leave us a review on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts and check us out on our socials. You can find us on Instagram at Beck Melrose or at Emily Vernon. Next week, we're asking a pretty big question. Should I freeze my eggs? This podcast was produced by Cassie Merritt. Our executive producer is Tia Usage with audio production by Scott Stronick. See you next week. Bye. Bye. This podcast is powered by our subscribers. If you believe in independent women's media and want to support us, a subscription to Mamma Mia costs less than the price of a coffee each month. There's a link in our show notes and a big thank you to all our current subscribers.